Hello and welcome to episode 47 of Prosperity by the Pine. I'm your host, Bryce Carter, certified financial planner, charter financial consultant, certified investment management analyst, and self-proclaimed millennial money expert. This is the podcast where we talk about money, investing, business, and life success, all while having a cold beer. This episode, the cold beer of choice, is from Alaskan Brewing Company. Uh, Yep, Alaskan Brewing Company. Uh, Brewed and bottled in Juneau, Alaska. And it is their blonde ale brewed with honey. I have not had this. I've had Alaskan Brewing Company before, but never their uh, blonde ale. So cheers. That is quite nice. It's very refreshing. It's extremely, extremely light beer. It's uh, borderline water, but it is light and refreshing and uh, feels like one of those bottles of beer that you should drink after like doing a physical activity like jogging or, or biking or something like that. This week, I wanted to talk about the cost of kids. What is the cost of having a kid? The reason I wanted to talk about this, well, my wife and I are expecting. If you have not heard, now you have. So we have number two coming our way. And uh, I came across an article, probably because other kid-related things I was reading, that said, uh, and this is according to a study by Health Affairs, the average new mother with, with insurance will pay $4,500 for labor and delivery. That's their out-of-pocket costs, even if they have insurance. And uh, so I came across that article, and I was like, wow, that's actually, like, that's a lot of money, $4,500 um, for median family income, which is roughly $50,000. That's 10% of your income for having a kid, and that's if you have insurance. And many people, many people do not have insurance, as we know. And so that is not just a statistical outlier uh, in the sense of of the fact that that's a large number, but when it ca- compared to other industrialized countries, that's I mean in Finland it costs like sixty bucks to have a kid. Now there's that comes at a cost in of itself, taxes and 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 liberties and different things like that. But forty five hundred bucks is no joke. That's a lot of money to have kids, and birth rates have been declining. So I'm wondering maybe is the cost of raising and having a child part of that? So this led me to uh, to to realize that you know I, I guess I didn't not realize but led me to want to talk about the total cost of having and raising a kid or kids. So personally, I will tell you about my pers- my experiences. Corey and I, my wife and I, um, we got a bill for like eight hundred dollars, so our insurance covered a great deal. Now I believe that um, a, a, a big part of that was our deductible was already covered for some other stuff throughout the year, so it wasn't like we, we you know, our deductible is met. And so once your deductible is met, you know, a lot more is covered. But when you're through that, you know, it's really common to have a three thousand dollar deductible in America. And so if you haven't met your deductible yet, and then you have the kid, all of a sudden your deductible is met. You get the bill for the three grand plus whatever other overages. So we 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 got a bill for about eight hundred dollars when we had our first child. Um, and then when we had our child, I will tell you prior to, we used to eat out all the time, you know, it's go out have, I'd have two beers at dinner. She'd have a glass of wine. We'd have a nice date night every Friday and Saturday, maybe once or twice during the week. Um, and that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> it is. Have you tried going out to dinner with a two year old? It is difficult. I mean, like you can do it, but it's not the relaxing, nice, peaceful evening you were looking for. You're better off just to pick some stuff up and bring it home. If you just don't feel like cooking because it's not relaxing. It is stressful. The child wants to get 
get up, child, let's get down, sit with mommy, sit with daddy, sit with mommy, sit with daddy. There's a jar uh, of candy at the at the reception desk. They want some, I want a sucker, I want a sucker. I love my daughter, but she is difficult to eat out with. So we save money on eat, not eating out as much. Um, therefore, we save money on alcohol. Um, now, in contrast to that, we're spending a lot more money on uh, not a lot more. We're starting to spend money, which happens to be a lot on diapers, formula, college savings and kid clothes and daycare and, and, and you see what I'm saying? Now the average cost of raising a child to age 17, according to the USDA, U.S. Department of Agriculture is $233,000. This does not include college of course, which is, uh, you know, for a four-year university, you're looking at somewhere right now about $85,000 in today's today's dollars. So 85000 adjusted for inflation, put that about out about 18 years, you're roughly looking at about $170,000. Don't hold me to that math. That's off the top of my head. Now, the studies of this, uh, the authors of this study by Health Affairs, uh, found much of the, the so according to my 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 theory on on the uh, deductible, much of the forty five hundred was covering deductible, but the biggest thing was that forty five percent of pregnancies and births were unplanned. So therefore, if when you're signing up for your medical plan, by the way, forty five percent, like I said, this number and the person filming right now, hi Allie, hello. <laughs> uh, was like, what? 45%? Yeah, 45% of pregnancies are unplanned. So if you're looking at and you're picking your health insurance and you know you're going to try and have a child, you might pick a different plan than if you're single or married and not planning to have children. And it, depending on the plan you make or you pick might end up saving you a lot of money. So, um, you know, when you're looking at a situation where 45% are unplanned, I think that huge deductible number could probably be avoided in a lot of scenarios if they were planned. But also fun fact I got from this, the number one cause of hospitalization for women in America is childbirth. I was like, really? That is that is shocking. And then I started to think about it. It's like, well, there's not that many car accidents today. You know, there's not that many heart attacks and, you know, so on and so forth. I mean, that makes sense, but still, wow. The number one reason for hospitalization by women in America is childbirth. So the USDA report on raising kids brought up a lot of interesting data points. So the first should not be really that surprising. I believe I've talked about this before, but location matters a lot. So the most expensive place to raise a child is in the Northeast. So you're looking at you know, New York, Connecticut, Maryland, New Hampshire, New Jersey, etc. It's not surprising. Um, Midwest is some of the most affordable places. Um, and the data indicated that the biggest changes over time has been the cost of education and childcare. And so if you start to think about that a little bit, the first thing being education. Now, if you're in major metropolitan areas, I have no experience with this, but my understanding is that some of the public schools uh, have a little bit of uh, leave you desiring some more. You know, you want to bed your education for your child, so you end up sending them to private school. Um, the other thing, and this is what I think is far more interesting, is, and I've talked about this many times, is it's not 
surprising when you look at it, but from the 1960s until today, we have really gone from a single income household with a breadwinner, usually the male, and to now a dual income household where men and women are both going to work to support and provide for the family. Therefore, there's a need for child care. And so the cost of child care was 2% in the 1960s. And on average today, that's about 16%. So the fact that mom and dad are both working has caused the cost of raising a child to really go up dramatically over the last half century. And so, you know, the, the, the flip side of that is because both mommy and dad are working. Theoretically, both mom and dad working would be more money than just dad working back in 1960 in, in real dollar terms. And I don't know whether that's the truth or not. I will tell you, I know that there are a lot of situations in which parents look at it and say, okay, after childcare, because I'm not at home with the child, but I'm at work, I make barely more than what it costs to send the child to daycare today after taxes. And it's like people are making that decision every day. And that's, that's a tough, tough thing to come up with. Uh, and, and so I'd love to see the cost of child care come down over time, give parents more of an opportunity to stay home or man, a single income households uh, that I think that creates for stronger family bonds, but I'm not here to solve those problems. I'm just here to educate you. So the cost of raising a child is, you know, as we talked about, 233000 but how's that broken down? So the top expenses are housing. Now, if you think about housing, it takes more house to have a house full of kids than it just you and a spouse or just you, right? So 29% was, was, was housing, uh, 18% food, 16% care education, transportation, 15%. I thought that one was weird. Like, like do you need a who's spending that much on like transportation for their children? I mean, is that just the cost of gas from running them all over the place? I don't know. That seemed a little high to me. Healthcare, 9% makes a lot of sense. Clothing, 6%. Miscellaneous, 7%. What I thought was uh, underscored here is, and I don't know, it probably is covered in miscellaneous, but hobbies and sports and after-school activities, my God, can you spend a fortune on kids on that? Beer break. Like I have clients uh, and friends, their their kids play hockey, and they go all over the place. I mean, you're paying for the ice time, you're paying for the equipment, you're paying for the travel, all of those things. That stuff adds up. So the cost of sports and after school activities for your kids, I mean, that's super high. I just find it hard to believe that 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 fits into that seven percent category. But who knows? Um, so I, I you know I'm not trying to dissuade anybody from having kids. Kids are expensive, but you know. So is, you know, what's great is the joy of hearing them smile and say, daddy, daddy, Um, you know, it's worth it, right? It's just, it is expensive. It is what it is. But what you can do is do some planning around it. So the biggest expenses, right? Housing and food. Um, I get it. You need to eat out and you need a place to sleep. That is what it is, right? However, what you can do is avoid the trap of being in too much house or too expensive of a house. And, you know, buying too much house is honestly a huge problem. So uh, I've talked about lenders being willing to lend too much to parents. But here's the thing is that when you're looking at a home and I, I find people do this all the time is they look at their home as an investment. Your home is not an investment. I get it. Real estate can be an investment real estate you could we had ed constable on ed constable talked about uh, uh you know investing in in 
uh, rentals and vacation rentals and monthly rentals and business rentals, commercial properties, all kinds of different things. But your primary residence is not, is not an investment because the fact of the matter is you're never going to sell your primary residence in order to pay your bills. And investments should be able to use to turn that capital into an income stream, right? Right. So your primary resident is not an investment. So if you're looking at it and saying, I can afford a $200,000 house, and then you find a house that's in a really good neighborhood where you want to be that's $300,000, and you justify it by saying, well, it's an investment. No, it's not. It's a $100,000 extra expense over and above what you had planned on purchasing because you think it's an investment. Primary residences are not houses, are, are not, they are houses, are not investments. Um, I guess the point to drive this home is that if you ever fill out a financial document that requires you to put in your net worth information, it always says, almost always, almost always, it says exclude primary residence from your net worth calculation because they don't, it's an asset that you can't dispose of because you're going to end up replacing it with another asset in order to have a place to live. Um, it's, a, it's not an investment, it's an expense. So that could help maybe shift your mentality a little bit to save a, a bit of money on, 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 your home purchase, food. I'm not going to spend any time on this. You know you. You know whether you're spending too much money eating out or or um, uh, going to the movies and and um, at the grocery store buying lobsters. I don't know. You know if you spend too much on this particular uh, topic. College costs. The biggest thing I'm going to tell you here is we started saving for Chloe. Uh, that's my daughter. Uh, for her college education right after she was born. And and the reason being is you start to get compound interest going into effect, right? So $100 that earns 10% is now $110 that can earn 10%, which 10% of $110 is $11, right? So compound interest works over time, which means the earlier that you start to save, the more money ultimately that you should have at the end date of needing that, that, that asset pool. So what I want you to think about is if you have kids right now and they're, you know, 10 years away from college, start saving now, not nine years, not eight years, not seven years, not six years, so on. The earlier you start saving for any particular thing that you need to invest for, whether it's retirement or college, the better off you're going to be. That's this episode of Prosperity by the Pine. Don't forget to subscribe, YouTube, iTunes, Facebook, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you are, wherever you're listening, that's where we are. Cheers. Have a good day. The topics that I discuss in this podcast are meant to be general information and educational only. I'm not giving you specific advice because I don't know you personally. In order to give you specific advice, you should work with an advisor or someone that can learn your specific situation and give you advice that applies to you. If I talk about a specific security, please keep in mind I'm not recommending that security. And don't forget, investing involves risk. When you invest, there's always the possibility of losing capital, which is why you should consult with a qualified, licensed financial advisor prior to investing.